podcast. My name is Christian Grant, Senior Vice President of the Odeer Podcast, Odeer Nation, all subsidiaries. Uh, president of, um, excuse me, Senior Vice President of the Number One Club, of which the next two uh, co-hosts are members and kind of members, <laughs> Brad Raybold and Nick Whitmer. Here, here. Great to be here, man. I'm just honored to be in the club. I don't I don't really care about where I am on the ladder. It's just an honor to be here. <laughs> number one on the charts, number one in my heart. <laughs> we're coming to you. I, I didn't know if we were even going to do this one because I was like, it's Christmas, sea time. Christmas is what, two days? A couple days. Yeah, three, I think. <clears throat> yes. Friday. This is like the saddest Christmas. I usually go to Florida for Christmas. Yeah. But like, there's, I, we just not, we're not traveling. There's a baby coming. We're trying to keep mommy safe. So, like, no traveling, no doing anything. Yeah. So, we're just like hanging out. Yeah. It's, it's been like that all year, honestly, with so many different things. And then, like, when you go and do something, like, we went to my mom's house for Thanksgiving. I don't know why I said Thanksgiving like that. Um, I but, thought you said it completely <laughs> normally. I, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, no. Did you hear the like, way I I like emphasize that? Uh, uh, like wait, are you the, you feeling self? You, <laughs> it feels like you're self conscious. That was I was like, there was nothing. That was weird a real normal that. way of saying Thanksgiving. <laughs> no, it's th- there's like I slightly emphasized like the giving. It was like Thanksgiving yeah. or something like that. I think in I, your head you heard Thanksgiving. <laughs> but I don't know what it was. I think in your head what? you heard hey. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not definitely not uh but yeah you felt guilty and like paranoid the entire time or we did we felt guilty and paranoid the entire time for like going to my mom's house (laughs) it's so it's yeah you know it's like it's not even like worth it when you go and break the rules or whatever because you're just scared the whole time you can't give like a full hug you're like ah yeah yeah it's stupid that we do that though we're like i won't give you a hug but we'll just sit here and breathe the same air for four days (laughs) i know really yeah (laughs) it's like (laughs) the hug the thing that got gave it to you well that's that's like they always talk about like they're like kids aren't going to be able to follow these restrictions and it's like have you ever hung out with your friend after 20 minutes you're like all right you're a little bit like you're 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 wrestling (laughs) (laughs) not even like you're like all right we're good like there's a little bit of like a you just all i think adults also just naturally are like i don't know similarly will also stop doing the most precautionary version of what they should be doing of course yeah because you just start you kind of just feel weirdly safe and you sort of are in this weird denial thing i said it on stage it's like um it's like hooking up with somebody without a condom like with covid and who you choose to hang out with you kind of like look at everybody you're hanging out with like yeah they probably don't have it (laughs) it's like how could they have it i know that yeah i know but I'm not hanging out with any gross people. Dude, I got a wedding in two weeks uh, that I'm going to. Not, I'm not getting married, but um, my friend from Kansas City, who is like, I've mentioned him before on the podcast. He's, you know, hyper conservative. And uh, so he's I, not following I'm, any regulations. Not only that, he actively <laughs> thinks it's very much like a hoax. Okay. He's like, he's literally planning his wedding around COVID being a hoax. There's going to be like shared fucking, there's going to be like a hookah and like, like things that everybody is just putting their mouths on. And like, it's like, this is the problem. It's like, we talked about last week. This is the problem is like, we have, the government has to govern that guy the same as he governs like some (laughs) fucking person who's hasn't been on the house in 10 months. yeah, but the it's like people like him, he's ungovernable because like, you know, it can feel a bit like a, a, a school is on fire and the teacher's are like, everyone, get out, get out of the classroom right now. And he's like, you can't tell me what to do. Yeah. And you're like, well, the building's on fire, so it's not unreasonable for them to advise what you should be doing. Yeah, I think people are just insanely stupid. It's just like it's like not i know like sometimes we can oversimplify things and being like well that's just stupid and that person's stupid and blah blah blah. but like i think it's objectively stupid to treat 
COVID the way that this person's treating it. it it's like completely like based off of what you want to be real and not based off any amount of data that there is. It's just like, that's the problem is like everybody is now entitled to their own set of facts and they can believe whatever they want to believe. And like, there's just no regulating it. Like, it's just like, it's over, man. <laughs> it's well, like, it's lions eating Christians and like, it's over. It's what, so over. This is what's so annoying is you're absolutely right that you can find whatever you need to confirm your point of view. Is it so annoying? I'm, I have, you know, both my sisters are doctors and I just go, what do they say? That's my operating assumption. I actually canceled that. Yeah. I was booked to feature for, uh, at the Kansas city comedy club. Uh, originally it was going to be Sam Marill, who's a pretty famous comedian. And then it was, uh, another good comic, Matt Broussard, cause Marill dropped out. But after talking with my sisters and I'm at home, it's like, I'm doing five shows in an indoor venue like yeah. it's just not worth it but i talked to them and my sisters are like they're like apologizing to me for telling me like i probably shouldn't do it and yeah it's like it's, i don't know why they're apologizing because it's like they're just giving the right advice like right. i shouldn't do them and i should hear that i shouldn't do them from whoever but yeah uh my friend it's like he literally thinks he's smarter than doctors like and i know you can yeah. find a doctor that says what you want them to say but like also the organizations of doctors have been pretty clear other than a couple early hiccups from like fauci which make no mistake they cling on to for forever uh, as like, he now has no legitimacy because he also made mistakes in what he talked about. You know I just, what bothers I don't me know. about that? I just like, like you're... somebody, somebody who literally doesn't contribute in any way at all will just sit back, let genius scientists try to tackle a fucking global pandemic, a thing that hasn't happened in America in a hundred years. And then they like make three or four mistakes at the beginning when they're still trying to learn. And they're like, see, <laughs> fucking, they don't fucking know. It's like, what are you doing? What do you do to contribute to anything at all? Like you, that's, like that's so fucking dumb that you can just do that. You can just like wait for scientists to make a mistake because they're trying to do something that's really hard. And then when they make a mistake, you can just completely discredit all of their work when you contribute absolutely zilch to the fucking society we live in. And that yeah. same person that goes C is the same person that goes to the gas station and forgets to like put the gas lid Sorry. back on. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But um, but I, I think a lot of it comes from the because people always go back to the um, the thing who's like well, well back in the day scientists they would or not scientists but doctors would try to cure the cold with bloodletting and leeches and like their 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 argument is always kind of like well doctors only know like. Doctors are working with a limited amount of information. Like they, they, they try to use that. Does that make sense? Yes. That, well, it's, it's, sense? It's, it's almost like a, a wider example of them just delegitimizing doctors by going, well, 200 years ago when, <laughs> I mean, it is true. Doctors sucked for all of humanity until like 1940 yeah. when Nazi scientists <laughs> kind of helped us figure stuff out. Um, when, when I'm sorry, when like America was like, all right, you can either be Nazis <laughs> or and, and in jail or you can do science here and you gotta drop the nazi thing and they're like i will do science <laughs> <laughs> but the options are clear um, <laughs> but yeah it's like doctors don't like you can't just decredibilize them for fucking doctors during george washington's era like yeah they sucked you got them yeah, the thing is, is like they're I think I think Christian shared it in one of our group chats about like people thinking that electricity is oh, like yeah. the devil. And like the other thing that I was reading was like when the telephone first was invented, people thought that it was like witchcraft and shit. Yeah. The the difference though between now and then is that now people are definitely more educated than they used to be. Like they were like just a hundred years ago. 
being educated was like a big deal going to school for a big year. Now it's like illegal to not send your kids to school. So we're all educated more so than we've ever been, but we're also now all connected. Well, we never were before. So before you could just have idiots doing dumb, idiotic things. And they were just like limited to the town that they lived in. Now they can connect on the internet and form masses and then misinform each other. And then the numbers just grow and grow and grow. So at one point, it's like, you know, you could say, oh, well, it's always been like this because, you know, Americans, you know, this, that and the other. But I think it's absolutely worse now because of the way people are connected and they can it just it's a virus they're, that's spreading through yeah. our entire country right now. It's like it's over, man. It's they're, so over. There used to be like, oh, he's the village idiot. But now that village idiot can find his village. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can find his online village of idiots, and they're like, "Wait a minute, we're the smart ones. All these and other people, the death rate is whatever it is, point three percent." Which my sister made an amazing point. She's like, "Yes, it is not the highest death rate on anything. Granted, COVID has killed the most people of anything this year, higher than heart disease, cancer, accidents, whatever. So it is the number one killer of humans in America, which is sad." There's obviously. also like. Go ahead. Like people also like use kindergarten logic to a lot of stuff. Like they go, how can, how can it spread if I don't have symptoms? And like, they, they just can't grasp the concept of like, if I don't cough in your face, and like, how could you get it? Like, I don't know. Dude, the wedding I'm going to, he, I, he, we talk, I'm the best man. It's my childhood best friend. I love the guy. I really do. Uh, I, he talked on the phone to me and he was, I was like, how many people are going to be there? And I, I honestly speaking, frankly, I feel some anger at what I think is some selfishness because they could do a, what he's cause he's been, there's going to be 50 to 60 people mm-hmm. and it's indoors. And, uh, I'm going to have to either quarantine in my bedroom for five days in my parents' house. Or or literally fly the next morning because COVID takes like a my sister said like three days to actually like quote unquote process in your system and then uh, basically quarantine at um, my friend would be out of town and I would use her apartment. Mm. Um, but especially the idea of me just being in my childhood bedroom for five days in my parents' house so that he can have his big wedding. It's they could have had a wedding with eight people and it's still like, okay, you got to get married. They could also just wait six months and do it outside. And well, here's the here's the and they do need to get married in terms of their specific couple. He's entering the military. If you are married in the military, you get like, yeah, but 60 percent higher benefits. Like they could just do it on paper. But just do it on paper in City Hall and have your wedding six months later. It's like all the th- all of the answers are just like, hey, you'll be minorly inconvenienced. And people just, no, yeah. I will not. This, this is, is my day. I am the most important person. It's yeah. like, dude, just like there's so many ways of getting around this. It's like not even it, it's infuriating how here's avoidable the, this is. Here's the best case scenario of his wedding. No one gets hurt and he feels even more entrenched in his beliefs. That yeah. it's a hoax and yeah. and that's and like me and my sisters have joked we're like that's what I hope happens I hope yeah. he doesn't learn a lesson because I don't want anyone to get hurt or obviously right. die. See, but I've had the opposite. I it. yeah, I go like, the I opposite. I, go, I want it was inside, <laughs> and it was my sister's wedding, and I would never wish anything bad about my family or my sister. And my family, for the most part, has you know been acknowledging the pandemic all you know they could be wearing masks a little more but if they go into a store they wear a mask uh they didn't at the wedding though me and sarah were like two of maybe the only people wearing masks maybe one other person had a mask on or two other people out of like a hundred people but like i literally had the thought i was like they're not gonna learn unless they get it yeah like almost the best case scenario is if we have an outbreak at this wedding and half the people come down with it and people are like oh fuck this is real and then they have to go fucking wear masks like it's like i don't you, know what else i mean it sounds so terrible but like, how else are they gonna learn you know if they I mean? won't learn by information if they won't like see information and just believe it the only way to learn a lesson is the, the hard way then you have the, to get it's fucked. dude it's funny that like you're we're like empathizing with thanos we're like well you know 
<laughs> like if only maybe if you could just choose the random people like you're like all right there's a halo of safety around all of the 15 people i love yeah uh <laughs> yeah it's like uh it's like hitting rock bottom you just gotta it's just funny because like all this this stuff is just basically like probably could have been knocked out in two weeks but i i remember hearing louis ck on an interview talking about how like we don't fight wars for oil or wars for like freedom and shit. We fight wars for like just to be crazy comfortable, like <laughs> just for our, our like level of convenience to be like at um at convenience and consumption to be like at a peak, like optimum. Because yeah. like freedom is like actually you know tilling your own land and growing your own vegetables and stuff yeah. but that's not comfortable at all <laughs> like comfortable is like going to the supermarket in your uh hummer and fucking going to a meat section that's like available that's like refrigerated for 24 hours a day for seven days a week so that one person can grab like a pound of like ground beef that he's gonna throw away once it goes bad after he didn't use I got to interrupt and say hilarious that you chose Hummer because this family <laughs> owned a Hummer growing up. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I just want to clarify. We lived in a suburb. We lived, all the streets are paved. Yeah. <laughs> Incredibly well-paved streets. Uh, you know, it's just like, there's no reason for y'all to have a Hummer, but all right. That was the most, that when you talk about like what, is nostalgic about like the 2000s that's like one of the things like definitely a hummer (laughs) you're watching a movie where somebody goes back in time to 2004 that's like a bright yellow hummer bright yellow hummer is gonna be part of it i was gonna say my favorite like one of my favorite shows when i was a kid was that show renegade and the premise was just like what if a cool guy had a hummer and a native american best friend and they beat people (laughs) up that was the whole show (laughs) what network was that on it was like USA. It was like it was like after the Highlander TV show. They both That's came on so back funny. to back. I used to watch it when I was a kid. But yeah, the whole premise was this long-haired, badass white dude who drove a hunt, Hummer, knew karate, and his best friend was like a Native American Indian who also knew karate. And like that was the premise of the show. What the whole show, dude? The whole, that is, yeah. What oh, if sorry. two guys knew of karate and had a Hummer? Like that was the, that was the, the pitch. Whole, the whole. Like every before right before commercial break, they should always just be driving. Be like, hey, I gotta go fill up. Like every time, <laughs> dude, I got go eleven miles to the gallon. It was like almost single digits <laughs> on a highway. Dude, I saw a Hummer the other day uh, for the first time in years. It was like one of the older, like almost like military style Hummers, and like those fucking. They're huge. They're so they're wide. Huge. And that's the thing. They're not long. They're wide. Like they, I, like I don't know how you could parallel park that. <laughs> it's not luxurious. It's stressful to have a car oh, that no, big. Yeah. Like yeah, I would not. Or whatever the word is. Yeah, it's that. But that is a great genre of American. There's a there's a great history of American movies where the genre is just white guys who know Kung Fu. <laughs> like, <laughs> you on adventures? Yeah. Just, just, oh, he knows Kung Fu and he's... <laughs> it's just the drifter that goes town to town and, and solves whatever town's problem yeah, is going on. Yeah, he shows up coincidentally when there's a murder to be solved or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And he just solves it and then drifts They're off like, to the next town. This guy's being a bully. He's like taking all our crops. <laughs> Who is he? <laughs> I saw this really funny, like you, you like I, on a YouTube Conan has put on his old stuff. And there was a clip that after NBC bought universal, um, they had, they found out Conan found out that they had the rights to Walker, Texas Ranger. Mm-hmm. And they, oh, he, yeah. he put a little lever behind his desk. Yeah. And anytime he pulled it, they would randomly show a clip of Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> yeah and like just if you just watch those clips out of context the sh- it's like it's it just takes you back to how stupid all the shows were dude when we were the first <laughs> off that was that was that one was, of the um, greatest bits in i think oh, late yeah. night tv history is the walker texas ranger lever and yeah. i think the most hilarious insane out of context clip they show is conan just pulls it and it cuts to a clip of like a nine-year-old boy he goes 
Walker told me I have AIDS. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they tackled all the social issues of the time yeah. on Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> it cuts back to Conan, and that's all they showed. <laughs> I the, the one that I saw is like he, he pulled the lever and it cut to the dad of Wonder Years, I guess it was like the bad guy or something. And he was standing on the ground in like this office that had like, you know, those ladders that would go up on bookshelves. So there's this yeah. kid who was like halfway up the bookshelf ladder and he was like scared. And like the guy was like, just jump down. I'll catch you. Just jump down. And then the kid just fell. And it was like the most, <laughs> like the worst special effects, like the worst. Like, it, And it's so stupid because the kid could just walk down the ladder or the dad could walk up the ladder and grab him and pull him down. But no, they just waited for him to fall. Like it was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> A very easily solvable, uh, like, real-life crisis that they needed to ham up so they could have a narrative. Yeah, and one of the the best one I saw was actually he pulled the lever and it cut to Walker in front of this woman. And he was like, will you marry me? And she's like, yes, Walker, I will. And then out of nowhere, she just gets shot. <laughs> oh my God. And it's just like they waited until he asked her to marry. Like they could have killed her at any point, but they were specifically there just waiting for the engagement. <laughs> the, I'm just picturing the sniper, and then the, the like hench boss is like, no. Not yet. Not yet. Wait, Hold wait. It. <laughs> wait no. till she says yes. Wait, he's got a box. He's opening it. Wait, wait for the nod. Hold on now. <laughs> yeah, er, uh, late night with Conan O'Brien. I'm convinced is the funniest anyone's ever been on late night television. Yeah, in history. I, I agree, man. That was that was. I mean, it was it was our generation too when we were kids and we started watching those types of shows. And I think that they, yeah. that appealed to us, like the way Letterman appealed to like the generation before it. But Con- yeah, that, that was the best, man. I love I, those. Shows. I'm convinced the internet has really done a disservice and made worse late night television as a genre because like those clips are hysterical, but they're not algorithmically uh, uh, tailored. Like they're, 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 it's just great comedy. It's not like, it's not a celebrity singing in a car. It's there's yeah. nothing clickable about them because they didn't have to write for the next morning. I mean, a late night show is just a YouTube channel these days. And yeah. like, you know, he was just making bizarro comedy rather than anything that was really in line with what can probably amass a large amount of YouTube viewers. Yeah. Like when he got when they announced that they are giving the Tonight Show back to um, Leno and he had the Tonight Show for like Dude. twenty days or something like that, the bits that they did where they're like just using up NBC's budget and stuff, hilarious. Like, that's the thing. Like that, that's the thing. This is one. Are you ready? Yeah, go ahead. I have to share this. They bought a like a Bugatti car. Yeah. They had a, a caviar fire hose. <laughs> yeah, and and they had the original version of "I Can't Get No Satisfaction" by the Rolling Stones <laughs> playing while they did it. It's like yeah. it's just being that like it's like being that smart aleck kid in class, but yeah. with a fucking giant network. It's hysterical, yeah. and that's what it, that was so genius. What that was what was so genius about it is like they didn't give a fuck, which is. Always what I think makes that 1130 time slot so great because like he, you don't have to give a fuck because nobody sees you bomb really. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, you can um, experiment. It's the irreverence that's not there anymore because yeah. the only one who is, is slightly irreverent and maybe he's more than slight, but is Kimmel. And I think Kimmel's like the best one on now. Uh, but the other ones are very like sycophantic and like, it's just not as fun. Like, Conan, like just the amount of times Conan had Norm on and Norm would be the guest and then sit next to the other guest and like they would be like subtly making fun of the lead guest without them really being able to pick like just little things like that. It was just like the irreverence of it. And um, yeah, it was it was it was really good. But now, like, I think now because I mean, 
networks have always been corporate, but I think now more than ever, because now networks are now not just networks. They're like owned by Disney or, you know, owned by Universal or whatever. So they're the, these giant conglomerates that have to play it safe to some degree. So you just don't get that as much. Uh, and like I said, Kimball's probably the closest thing to it now. Conan, after, because I, I actually, I remember tuning into, this isn't an exaggeration, I tuned to every, like, when Conan started losing the, I tuned into like the first three months of every night Conan was on the Tonight Show. I don't know, because there's something when you're like in grade school, or I think I was, and I was like the comedian I looked up most to, it was like, oh my god, he did it. He made it to, even I was aware of like the Tonight Show being the tonight show like it's the, the magnitude of it yeah the mount olympus and i was like you know rooting for this guy to and i knew he was hilarious and i loved watching him so like crushing in that role and obviously all the fallout of the drama that happened um but when they announced that it was going back to leno or conan said he was gonna leave like they wanted to push the tonight show back by i believe 30 minutes so jay leno could have a 30 minute show before him yeah. or something and conan yeah, was like were, i don't want to do that they wanted to make the tonight show not the tonight show yes and conan uh you know had to, i mean you gotta admire the guy he had the principle to walk away and um but the shows after that they were so dude they put the tonight show on craigslist like <laughs> they literally put it on craigslist they said they wrote i still remember Barely used late night television show. <laughs> so fucking funny. That's that's brilliant. That's a great uh, bit. Yeah, it just it makes me like I don't know. It just makes me miss. Uh, you're you're absolutely right that hosts are they're all it's because they're all like hosts like late night hosts are the funniest when it doesn't feel like. They're trying to be the popular kid of Hollywood, yeah. And they're tra- they're not like running for class president, like. Uh, and it never felt like Conan was doing that. He was always trying to be the comedian, and he was never trying to like. Obviously, you're respectful, but like he was just funny first, and it wasn't like he was the popular kid of showbiz. And I think a lot of the hosts. I mean, not even just Sam is like Corden and Fallon and a lot of them. It just feels like they're trying to be the popular kid of class and not the funny one. I, I hate James Corden the most. I can't stand that dude. <laughs> that dude is like, God, you just know you just know that guy would be insufferable to be around. And it's so funny because he recently came out and said something along the lines of like, you know, the power had gone to my head and I said some things I shouldn't or so he's basically saying that he was a dick. And I was like, yeah, of course. He's like, that's like the easy, most believable story of all time is that James Corden was a dick. Oh, well, why? Like megawatt kind host. But is... he did like the holier than now, like I'm going to be the one to tell everybody that I'm a dick and I'm going to say it in an apology. It's like he is the most like he's like a human press release. He's just like, <laughs> everything he does is just it's just fucking annoying. calculated yeah i hate it that guy sucks so bad i will go on the record and i will say the biggest mistake of a cbs executive's career when the late night spot was open when uh david letterman left i will say this when david letterman left the fact that Wayne Brady was not given that show yeah, yeah. is the <laughs> biggest modern mistake of late night television history because Wayne yeah. Brady is the fucking funniest, most talented, most likable. He can do yeah. it all. He is funny off the cuff. He can sing. He can dance. He has an amazing smile. He is an awesome improviser. He's also handsome. I don't know what else you need from a guy to either, look at man. on television. I never will understand the disrespect. Wayne Brady is like a unicorn. Like he has all of these abilities wrapped up in likable, handsome, nice. Like how how could he's how is he not like the biggest movie star? You know what I mean? Like just going off palette. He was so PG that I think he he got like the label of like corny, and then he did Chappelle show, and then everybody loved him again. Everybody's like, oh, this motherfucker is the best. He was. It's just I think there are some people who just. Because he was like, quote unquote, can be PG, whatever. But he's still authentically hilarious. Like, call yeah, it great. call it PG. But some people can, 
be that way and they're hilarious within it. Sinbad is pretty quote unquote PG, but if you ever turn on Sinbad on YouTube, you will laugh because he's just funnier than anyone. It's and Wayne Brady, by the way, for not this doesn't matter to me, but I know it mattered to a lot of people who were understandably wanting some diversity within the late night lineup. So it wasn't a bunch of white guys named Jimmy. Wayne Brady also filled that checkbox. Yeah. And it was like, that doesn't matter if he's not talented, but because he was talented, he could also have not been white on late night. Like it's just everything, everything. I fucking, I, I, yeah, it's stupid. So giant Wayne Brady stand. (laughs) whose line whose line is it anyway like back then it was like so it was like unbelievable how good they were i'm like i kind of want to like there's like a part of me that's like man i don't want that show ruined for me like you know you go back and like read about shows you love and they're like oh yeah yeah, we uh like there's like weird cheats they used to do or something like that like you find out they're like oh yeah we actually didn't have an audience at all we (laughs) like we retook that take five times we added laughs like if you found out in seinfeld like some of those laughs were added you'd be like ah that sucks um but yeah i feel like that's like a show i don't want to go back and ruin for myself that show though and this is i remember some people saying it about their shows like well you know what they do they they film like two hours they do like a two-hour show and then they just cut it up the the best 30 minutes i'm like so so (laughs) wouldn't you like what do you like (laughs) duh like it's improv like shit can fall flat like what are you gonna say that's the bombing (laughs) no yeah give me the best shit like it's that's that's such a that's such a bad attempt at being like see they're not actually that good or whatever whatever hey listen if you're gonna make a movie i need to see the bad takes too yeah yeah exactly i need to see when leo was was didn't nail the scene well (laughs) real quick i just want to go back to the conan uh leaving tonight show because one one of my favorite bits of comedy ever was when norm mcdonald came on at the end he was coming on on one of the last episodes of Conan on the Tonight Show, and he comes on with a so gift good. basket. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I meant to give this to you. I bought this for you when you got the job, but I just never got around to giving it to you. <laughs> so he's like, he gives it to him, and he's like, ah. and obviously Conan doesn't know what the bit's going to be. So then Norm, like, oh, yeah, I guess I had this card. And then like, he's like, I guess I'll read it to you. And he goes, dear Conan, congratulations on your uh, announcement of permanent host of tonight show. <laughs> this is something they can never take away from you. <laughs> and like, and after he says every line, he just looks at Conan like, uh. <laughs> but I mean, it gets better from there, but like, it's just one of the most genius things I've ever seen. And Conan's yeah, loving it because it's just so on point. That's what I was going to say is like when they got rid of, um, no, in the spot that Corden got, I was um, – because it was Ferguson before that. And then the, when he left because he didn't get Letterman's job, both slots were up. And I don't I don't blame them for giving it to Colbert. I mean, he's a big star. But then the spot afterwards they could have gotten fun with. And I really feel like they should have gave that spot to Norm. Like, Norm would have been so good Dude. at the 1230 spot on CBS. Like, the, the shit that he would have done, that would have been amazing. Well, he had a show on Netflix. He had like a – it was just like a um... – basically an interview show he had a youtube show for a while which is really yeah. funny if you go check it out but then um they, they put it on netflix and like the week the week that he was promoting it he was like he said oh. something kind of defending louis ck and kind of defending yeah. roseanne yeah. and it really just didn't and then he said well. the word retarded, that's when you then, yeah you know, he apologized for saying retarded he said like You'd have to have Down syndrome to think that, and he's like, yeah. I didn't mean to say <laughs> "That's that. not better." <laughs> he just like he. Felt, I went to the View show because Sarah um, was like, "Do you want to come see Norm?" And I was like, "Yes." Oh man! And, and, and this was like a couple weeks before, and then like all this news comes out, and I'm like, "Now I really want to see." But it was <laughs> sad. Like we saw Norm, and he was just like a shell of his self. Like he was like eating Tic Tacs on air, and he was just like completely in apologize mode and you can tell he was like he shrunk and it, it was just sad like i just hate because that was like at the peak of all this shit too like the cancel yeah. culture stuff and i was just like yeah. this really sucks because norm 
under any other circumstances would never have gone on and done all this, but because he just got a Netflix show, Netflix is basically making him and uh, it sucks. It does. uh, Yeah, that did suck. Just catching it the next day. It's like sucks that like that. It wasn't even you. That was a time period where I don't know if we're out of it, but just articulating like nuance or like, not just blanket disapproval with no amount of anything else is factored in could also mm-hmm. lead to you being like canceled and having your baby or your show taken away from you. And by the way, this is always relevant. He probably apologized because of the logistics of like, well, I have 40 P 50 people have jobs because of the show. Right. And like, there's that pressure that it's not just this like principle of like, don't apologize. It's like, well, I know I'm friends with these, some of these people and obviously they have families. So it's, it's like people who yeah, can't, you can't, have you, can't, you can't look someone in the eye and be like, sorry, you would have a job, but I refuse, I, I refuse to apologize for something I said. Like right. You can't tell somebody that. I remember when Louie got canceled and then like his staff, I guess, for the cartoon show they were making because uh-huh. they canceled the cartoon show before it ever came out and their yeah, staff oh. like, basically was like wish you hadn't jabbed off in front of people years ago like they basically wrote a letter saying like your behavior just cost us all our jobs and stuff mm, it's kind of yeah. sad yeah i mean in a way but at the same time <laughs> like if anybody looked into it doesn't matter but <laughs> Whitmer is a Louis C.K. Truther. Off. I am. I'm such a truther, man. It's like it's so absurd the level of takedown that guy got for the actions that he did. It makes no sense. It still makes no sense, and people will still walk around saying he's a rapist. And I'm like, what are you talking but about? But people don't know because he was propagandized to be next to Harvey Weinstein's face, which is like. Yeah, and sucks. Weinstein and all these people, and, and yeah, it's like, ugh. I don't know. R.I.P. Yeah, I I thought my uh you know our I thought my now former relationship was gonna go the distance because we survived the Louis scandal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we navigated that conflict. You know, I mean, you know, Lou is one of the people I look up most to in terms of comedy, and uh, I'm a guy. <laughs> but uh, alas, alas, it wasn't meant to be. It's, it's Louis's fault, is what I'm saying. But they're the they're the versions of like the the your friend there who is entitled to his own set of facts, and without looking at anything, they believe what they want to believe is true, and they feel it in their core. So regardless of what actual reality is, all of their um, actions are predicated on things that might not be true in any way at all. It's just yeah. fun, more fun to just, you know, take down and, you know, destroy. It really is insane because Norm did say the retarded word. And I said it like that just in case in some distant future, someone hears this, but who would be mad but like it is crazy that just like a group of people heard someone say a word they don't think should be said and made it their like made it their crusade to yeah. ruin a person it's just it's just so and to ruin weird. the and to put the jobs of a bunch of other people who had nothing to do with it at jeopardy yeah yeah it's like you could very easily just like if you most people are compassionate and and if you just said, you know, hey, listen, w- when you say that word, I'm just letting you know it yeah. hurts this person very deeply. And this person is very hurt by that word. And like you say it as a joke and I understand you're joking, but, but- I'm just like, you know, your actions have consequences and you're really making these group of people feel really poorly with your choice of words. They're just like telling that person that in some way or shape or form is so much more uh impactful healthy um and probably would actually actually enact change but no one does that because they want the lynch mob they want the pleasure of ruining someone's life because that's fun for them that's like the, the 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 thing that they love doing the most so that's what that's where we are 
But yeah, the thing. All... You go ahead. No, Chris. no, go ahead, Brett. No, you go. go Yours is smarter. Yours is smarter. <laughs> Shut up. You're, you're the, the person uh... of color. I don't want to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Don't mansplain. Uh, or whitesplain. <laughs> excuse me. Um, whitesplain. <laughs> no, the thing that's always weird to me is like the apology is always like a forced apology. Like the ones they do on fucking like <laughs> kidnapping victims do, where <laughs> 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 they're reading a note like your country is declaring <laughs> and acting in a legal war. But like, they're um, who are are the the people that get mad about this stuff? Is that apology going like, oh, I'm so mad at Norm Macdonald? Then he goes on the View and apologizes. Are they now going like, okay, good. Or are they <laughs> all right? Like my blood <laughs> pressure is down okay. now. He's cool again. Or do, like my that, that's my question. Is like, the, does the apology even do anything? No, I don't. I don't no, like none so. of it. Does any? It's uh, the takedown is what is the enjoyment. Yeah, like that. They really don't want them to apologize. They want them to be fired, and they want them to lose everything because that somehow justifies they're not making it in life <laughs> to a degree. So their lack of success now feels okay because they just took success away from somebody else. Mm. Um, it's it's like the it's the worst people. It's the and it comes from the biggest bullshit factory in America, which is Hollywood. Like all of these fucking liberal actors saying all this shit. It's like, dude, it happened in your backyard. It's your industry. Don't fucking talk to me about it. Don't act like Wait. you're good for taking care of your problem. That would be like if if my fucking someone who lived with me beat the shit out of me every single day. And then I finally got rid of them. And then I went around fucking like bragging to other people being like, you need to get your abusers out of your house the way I did. It's like, <laughs> what are you fucking talking about? Like you're literally, you're just making this thing about you again. Like it, it's nobody is more full of shit than a fucking celebrity. It's you know? when you're young and you watch movies, you, you really, Dude, you're right. When you watch movies, you're like, these are magic. And then you hear them talk at award shows, and you're like, these people are uh, fucking idiots. <laughs> like, yeah. it, de it demystifies. Some of it does. Obviously, there's a lot of bright actors. But, yeah. wait, you, I mean, you have a great bit that, uh, I mean, it's weird to call it a bit because it's not like we can do stand-up. But it's a great bit about yeah. they come on award shows, like actors will be like, we need more diversity in Hollywood. And they're like yelling it at you. And you're like, I I I'm... What can I do? I can't. I don't work there, dude. You work there. Like, tell your yeah. boss. But it's not <laughs> just the actors. It's the producers and the directors. They all of them right. on stage, and they're all like, we need more diversity. It's like, it's your shit. You yeah. make it. You are the people who make this happen. If there's not diversity, it's because you didn't make there be diversity. If it's important to you, then do it. But you don't, like, get to fucking pat yourself on the back and act like what you like you're addressing a real issue it's representation we need representation well then do it what do you why do i need to be involved in any way at all like i like does it matter at all if you cast somebody as a a black person gets a role or why i know some people will be like complaining that spider-man's now black or something but aside from those few people does it even matter do i need to be consulted in any way or told at all <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. I need more black people in my living room as I watch this show alone with my wife. Uh, <laughs> like if you worked in an office, right, and you there was problems in your office, and instead of addressing it to your office, you went to like a dinner party and was like, "My office needs this. My office needs that. What is we made like everybody a wedding, a wedding toast? If yeah, your everybody at the dinner party would be like, okay, man, that's cool about your office and all, but like maybe you should bring it up at work." Like not to us here because there's nothing. If you want to vent, we'll listen. But like, yeah. you don't demand things from people who can't give it to you. Yeah, yeah. How come there's no black people working at my company? Because you haven't <laughs> hired any. Yeah, <laughs> I don't <yeah>. know. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Uh, yeah, the back padding is what I find most egregious because it's like, I don't know. It, the thing that bothers me too is that it's always like. Like we want diversity and we want like unique perspectives, but it's not like you don't, you want like, uh, you want a black guy who sounds like me, you know what I mean? Like they, they don't want like, I've said it before, but like, <clears throat> they don't want like 50 cent having a talk show yeah, <laughs> or like, or like just, uh, some dude like 
some crazy ass dude just off the stoop it's safe they needed to and it's only a quota thing it's literally like which is gotta be like if you're a struggling actor in hollywood and you get a role because you're you make up some diversity quota like good for you because like it's so hard to make it but at the end of the day like it it does a little bit diminish accomplishments when people are solely getting jobs based off of whatever right if when the criteria is like that i mean it can't i mean if you deserve it and you feel like you deserve it and you do a good job at it then it's like good the right person got the role yeah you know but i don't know it just it to me it's it's so condescending and it's so belittling and it's so annoying and i lost my train of thought i had one more point on it but i fucking forgot it no it is i mean like they they they'll write stuff into like uh writers been like you need to have one one uh trans person one black person one asian a hand uh uh non-able-bodied person i don't even know what the correct term is but it's just like so you want me to like fill this like this scene of this commercial needs to have a person in a wheelchair like <laughs> every it doesn't even make sense not it's this is what it is. Every piece of entertainment is becoming a college textbook uh, front cover, or <laughs> yeah, yeah. or it's they're all political ads. Like they yeah. like I get political ads need to just like have you know one of each so they can just hit as wide of an amount of the population in terms of. But right. also, I can see a black guy on screen and go, "Oh, I can relate to that experience too." Or yeah. like, it's not like I'm like, "What? Not a white guy? No, I could never empathize or understand." But it, go ahead. It kind of bothers me sometimes because, like, I'll listen to like various like movie podcasts and review podcasts, and like whenever there's like a movie with like black creators or anything, like even if it sucks, they won't criticize it. <laughs> like they just won't, or they'll be like super gentle about the criticism. <laughs> like I watch, um, Lovecraft country. I don't know. And, yeah. uh, I just like, it's fine. It's like, it's this weird show on HBO and uh-huh. it like, it feels like it's supposed to be important or good, yes. but it's like really messy. doesn't make a lot of sense. Seems slightly pretentious at times in my opinion. And then like, all the critics are like, oh, this is great. Like, this is what needs to be on TV. And then, like, the one black critic I found was like, yeah, this show's a mess. One hundred percent. That's so funny. That like, you 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 gotta tear into everybody if their art stinks. Like, there's no, <laughs> but they're just worried that they're not one of the cool white people who right. can understand yeah. it, and. You can just say, no, it sucks. I don't know. I'll go on the record. Moonlight, probably a pretty overrated movie. It's like, I think so. I'm, no I'm, one's still like, I dude, I got to go watch Moonlight. Whenever people talk about that movie, they're like, one of the best Oscar movies of the past. Totally deserving. I was like, I thought it was good. I feel like I've seen movies like it. They're like, they're like this is game changing. Uh, and It's like, oh, real quick. But yeah, but like, we were... I always say best picture is what you're going to be watching 10 years down the road. Great and point. like, like moonlight, if moonlight comes on HBO, I'm not going to watch La La Land was on moon um, HBO the other day. And we just sat and watched the whole thing. I was like, man, this movie's really good. Yeah. I'm not going to sit down and watch moonlight of this, like poor, like black kid who's gay, just getting bullied for two hours. I'm like, fuck this. I, I, it, it, those movies seem so formulaic because they're like, okay, let's take, it's like a, a, Venn, a Venn diagram of like oppressed people. And then they put three of them into one and they're like, okay, yeah. that's the movie. And like, it's automatically interesting because it's a black kid who's yeah. gay and he's bullied. Like those are the three things. Like they're all there. So right. what else do you need? Oscar, you know, and I don't know who wrote the movie and I don't want to be lit. I mean, it's probably like a personal no. story that got turned into something. Yeah. It's a, but, it's like um, a talent. It's a talented yeah. guy who made it and everything. And it's a good, it is a legitimately good movie. I'm this just is like, true. it's true. Like, I never saw it, but I remember Todd was like, Todd was, it was really funny because Todd uh, Portnowitz, who's been on this podcast, was talking about that that movie. And he was like, um, he was like, I didn't know going into it that like the character was gay. But so if you don't have that piece of information and you watch the movie, it's kind of like, you're like, wait, is, is, and I haven't seen the movie. So you guys would tell me better. 
But like, if you don't have that piece of information going in, so his point was kind of like, well, the story's not really good. You know, if you need a basically a, a trailer and a premise outline before watching something to understand right. that yeah. is not effective communication. And I'm like, that's right. a great point. I mean, that's a hundred percent. That would be the perfect world. We're going into every movie. You don't know anything about the movie. Right. Yeah, um, and that would be great. But uh, alas, that's not how it works. Moonlight was just, I mean, you knew what it was going to be. If you get Marshala Ali in it, people will be like, it's just beautiful at this point. Yeah, yeah. Like he's just yeah. an Oscar magnet for just like, well, he chose it. So therefore it's another level of acting <laughs> yeah. and everything. Which is why Green Book did so well is because they're like, well, if Mahershal is in it, how could it be racist? Yeah. <laughs> how could it be that? Yeah. That's the equivalent of literally like at a comedy show and like someone does like a black joke and all the white people look at the black person in the audience to make sure exactly, it's okay to yeah. laugh. It's uh, yeah. it's that that's the equivalent. Like, well, if Mahershala said it, then you can't like you know, come on. Christian made a good yeah. point about yeah, movies. but even you should just like tell like when um Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was coming out, like <sighs> he was basically like, all you have to do is be like, hey, it's a Quentin Tarantino movie, Leonardo DiCaprio's in it, and Brad Pitt's in it. Do you want to see it? And that's all you need. You know what yeah, I mean? Like if I you, do. Yeah. You can give very bare minimal information if something's truly you know interesting. Yeah. You know, you, you know, if you did the same thing to Moonlight, you would really have to like, you would have to be like, you have to write a page on why you want to see the movie. <laughs> right. You can't just say it in two sentences. You're like, yeah, sign me up for that. Like, if I just said it to you, it's about a gay black kid growing up with a crackhead mom. You want to see that? Eh. <laughs> I'm on the fence. Yeah, who's yeah, playing the mom? Yeah, who's in it? And then you have to be like, well, Mark, and you're like, all right. Um, and they go Queen Latifah. You're like, all right, maybe. <laughs> like, Schwarzenegger's playing the mom. You're like, all right, I'm gonna watch that. That's the thing. The more, the more insane it gets, the more you're like, yeah, yeah. I got it. Come on. And Betty White is the gay black teen. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Speaking of Schwarzenegger, this is my favorite time of year because uh, they play Jingle All the yeah, Way. Classic. And uh, last time, I I don't know if I said this on the podcast, but the thing that's so funny about Jingle All the Way is that there's so much movie that happens in that movie. Dude, we watched like, it the other day. You're so I laughed my head off thinking about this because Christian, you told me this like a month ago or something. Yeah. I was like I can't wait. I haven't seen the movie since I was a kid. Because I was walking by. And uh, it was on, and it was a scene where Arnold fights a warehouse full of midgets. Yeah. <laughs> I have not seen the movie in a decade and a half. And so that was I, like the halfway point. And I yeah. remember thinking to myself, I was like, Jesus, they haven't even gotten to the part where he flies with a jetpack yet. <laughs> <laughs> so much. And yeah, because the, the premise of it is, is like the story behind that is. He buys like the fucking doll from like a fucking Santa who has a for some reason there's this giant factory the size of like a Walmart um, where all of these mall Santas go and sell like black market goods and all of the Santas are of course you know assigned their own personal midget because that's how it works they're elves uh, yeah so they're elves so you know he goes to the warehouse and he he finds out he's being ripped off so he's like fuck all of you. And then all these midgets attack him, and he just beats the shit out of all of them. <laughs> it's just like it's like because you when you put Arnold in a movie, you're like even the movie like Junior, yeah, where he plays like a, a pregnant man. You're like there has to be a scene where he punches somebody. You know, there's Arnold. Come on, yeah. <laughs> and Natasha was watching it, and she was like, because his accent is so thick, yeah, and he's not very good in the movie. And she was like, why was he in? movies like she yeah. she was trying to grasp the concept of like why was he so famous i was like i don't really know he's just kind of a movie star to the point where like he was always named like tat like ted williams in a movie and nobody said anything about it like yeah he had this thick austrian accent and no one mentions it in yeah. any movie <laughs> never part of the backstory of the character right like oh yeah he's from his, his dad's Austrian. nope never he's just like oh this is ted he's from los angeles <laughs> <laughs> really yeah, here's why Here's I, I, Natasha. I don't know if she doesn't get it. People don't understand. It's sometimes the talent is the ness. The talent is not the ability always. It's just the them. It's like yeah. Sinatra is not that good of a singer, <laughs> but they just were like, 
he had the nest. It's this, it's this, it's an undefinable. There's something about Schwarzenegger. You don't have to be the best actor. You just have to be fun to watch say lines. It is fun to watch. Yes. It's fun to watch an Austrian guy play a jacked Austrian Austrian guy, (laughs) apparently play a father from Montana. I like, it's like, <laughs> it's just more fun than just, you know, whatever other white guy came into the audition. Yeah. Like, um, Nate Bargatze is a good example of a comedian who I just can't take my eyes off of Nate Bargatze. Like anything he does, I want to see it. If you like dissect his material into a transcript form, there's no, like in any, it's like, if I said the same sentence, even if I tried to like jokey it up, it's not good or funny at all, but the way he is and his essence and his it, he's just fucking hysterical. He's so funny. And like, there's, there's people like that. they just have the it factor. You just want to see him. You're like, let's do this. Who gives a fuck? Stallone is the same way. Not yeah. that good of an actor. I'll go on the record relative, but his Ness off the charts. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of Ness going on. The this guy fucking Stallone like wrote Rocky and wrote mm-hmm. fucking Rambo and like he he's a lot more talented I think than people give him credit for Rocky uh, overrated movie I will go I'm going it's like it is it is it's like here's the thing here's all Rocky had going for it it was it was the first time that it had a kind of like the victory is the not victory type of ending and sure. like that's what blew Hollywood's mind is it was like oh shit no, like that's not what you blew can Hollywood's win mind. it was a great movie. story it was a well performed <laughs> great story and you cared for Rocky because it was brilliantly written and the actor you wanted it and like the reason why it wasn't just the ending it wasn't like some bullshit thing that ended a little weird it was like Rocky one was like. It beat Taxi Driver, and everybody's like talks about that as the Oscar. They're like, oh, come on. I'm like, really? How many times have you seen Taxi Driver? Twice? Anytime Rocky is on, you're watching it. It's fucking, it's one of the best movies ever. Fucking great movie. Christian, weigh in. I've seen Taxi Driver a lot, but I'm a weirdo. Uh, <laughs> it's actually one of, Taxi Driver is one of my favorite movies. It's really, yeah, it's, a great it's actually movie. weirdly funny. Hell yeah, yeah Wimmer. You just hurt your point with the our no, movie authority by movie. saying that. I'm saying it's a great movie. I'm not shitting on Taxi Driver, but people act incredulous as like, how can Rocky beat Taxi Driver? Well, Rocky. Rocky is like way more. Um, it's way more like accessible, and it's a human. It's a story of humanity. It's the underdog story. It's the guy who never got a shot who gets a shot. It's like everything about it. It's the underdog. It's every. It's great. Yeah. Taxi Driver is like a fucking weirdo who ends up shooting a bunch of people. It's like yeah. it's cool. <laughs> I enjoyed it, but like, come on. Um. It's, uh, what was I going to say? Um, Taxi Driver, sorry, Rocky came out in like 1978. So this is like a year after Star Wars. And one of the reasons that Star Wars was so big was because every movie in the 70s was all cynical and had an <laughs> unhappy ending. They all had like, it was all like a shift from like what Hollywood was at, yeah, at that time. It was like and Vietnam, Nixon, Watergate. It Vietnam, was like Nixon. Yeah. yeah. Hollywood has always had like the, Hollywood ending of happy endings and all this stuff. And then finally movies were coming out like the Godfather deer hunter and all this stuff were like harsh ass endings. Right. So then star Wars comes out where the good guys actually win. Like imagine getting 10 years of movies where like (laughs) the bad guys always fucking win. (laughs) And then you, you're like, so, so the idea that like right now it seems like, of course, fucking Luke blows up the death star. Like what was he not going to fucking do it? Uh, but that wasn't like as uh, popular of an idea at the time. So Rocky coming out around that same time, I believe they might have been both been 77. Uh, Rocky might have been 76, probably a year earlier. So the idea that like a movie about the underdog, even though he doesn't win, still has a cynical, but it's still like an uplifting story at a time when people needed it. You know, I you could see why it was so popular. Plus, St- Stallone is like Stallone. He's just that iconic a dude who talks weird it's a weird movie it starts with him talking to turtles like it's yeah. fucking strange it's also like the, the, the whole point of the story isn't for him to win the whole point of the story was he got well, I, I got that and, it, and went, went the distance and like he was supposed to lose 
He was supposed yeah. to. He was like literally. I want to remake Rocky beat for beat, <laughs> except within the first seven seconds, he gets dropped on his ass. Like <laughs> all of it didn't matter. He just wasn't good enough to compete. Yeah. Dude, did you did, wait? Are you did you see the beginning of Rocky? He loses a boxing match. No, he's saying fighter. within the first seconds. Of- Seven oh. seconds of the last fight of the of the like pivotal like uh climate yeah, the right. fight. Oh, oh, <laughs> he just gets knocked out. Movie. So you're saying he gets the shit kicked out of him? Okay, yeah. It's Five seconds out, like, in, he gets knocked out like CM Punk with Mickey Gall. Like, <laughs> did you ever mm. see that fight? Hey, not your best reference, oh. <laughs> but go on, elucidate us. I guess it's not that famous of a fight. CM Punk was a wrestler who left WWE, said fuck them, and then he decided at 34, 35 years old Ooh. that he was being ufc so he trained for like two years and he had a fight with mickey gall who's kind of i don't know what his pedigree is in mma so he had this fight and he lost very soundly Mm. (laughs) Uh, pretty quickly he got beat the fuck up knocked out and then mickey gall after the fight is like pointing to the crowd he goes what did you think was gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) like apollo cruz ends the fight like what did you think was gonna happen (laughs) That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, CM Punk was never really. Uh, from what I understand, he like there's some people like Brock Lesnar who could transition to both. Yeah, because he's just like just a he's just a freak. freak. He yeah, a he's just a freak athlete. But um, I, yeah, I didn't. Punk had no him. like martial arts training. He just like yeah. wanted. It was almost like a make a wish. Um. <laughs> But hey, but, props uh, to him for trying. He probably trained his ass off. It's just you're so yeah. far ahead of – I don't care how good of an athlete you are. If you decide I'm going to be a pro baseball player at 31, it's not going to yeah. happen. Like, they should remake Rocky with him. <laughs> Do the Rocky story with him. Well, he made it to the end. Punk. It, would, it wouldn't have worked, though, because he was a fucking wrestler before that, walking around yeah. like – whatever he was that's not really an underdog story he, yeah. he that's this is that's a story of arrogance he left a fucking yeah. sure thing he was great at to try something he didn't belong in because he thought he could see yeah. he should have wrestling it up in terms of like the uh, theatricality and the like yeah. the fanfare and like you know did go to every top rope and do that like pose at every yeah. at all the turnstile <laughs> corners with like a yeah. wrestling belt i think that's kind of what they were they were probably hoping for because like Here's the thing. If you're a, a skilled MMA fighter, you don't just start in the UFC. You know what I mean? Like, he started in the UFC with very little training because of his wrestling background. So they probably – they were like, if he's in here, we can probably get some numbers. We can do yeah, some well, good – Well, yeah, paper. it's like when Stormy Daniels does stand-up comedy. It's not because, like, yeah. she hit mics and, like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's just like, oh, can she fill 500 seats? Sure. Sure. All right, let's have her. Could you imagine just going to somewhere at like 3 p.m. doing an afternoon mic and you see Stormy Daniels getting <laughs> <laughs> reps in? Just what else is going on? Uh... <laughs> so I fucked the president. Uh... <laughs> the um, the I feel like when a wrestler, like a WWE wrestler, tries to make the turn toward real fighting, like UFC. Yeah. It it to me it reeks of like a great comedic actor being like I need to do drama now like they they need to take <laughs> yeah. me seriously <laughs> like I can show them. Yeah, I think there was like an insecurity on his part to do that. I also think he probably like he saw how Brock Lesnar came back to wrestling and got treated like gold, so he was like, "Well, fuck it, I'll do that." And you're like, "No, but that's Brock. Brock is a completely Brock Lesnar tried out in the NFL and like almost made an NFL team." I know. That's how good that guy is. Like, he's like, that's how freaking. He looks like, who's the incredible four, the fantastic four, like, sand guy? The thing. The thing. He, that's him. He's the thing. It's like, he just doesn't, he's not a human. He's a Viking. He's like Norse. He's got like Norse blood in him. He's a fucking weird. And he's also like a weird country boy who like grew up like lifting barrels of hay every morning and doing farm Honestly, work. Honestly, dude, that sh- like I shoveled the, the snow on the driveway yesterday, and that is so much more of a workout than like whatever the fuck Jordan does with his stupid <laughs> gymnastics CrossFit thing. Like Jordan Rabled posts videos on Instagram of him like doing gymnastics from like a B. I'm like, dude, just go shovel the driveway. <laughs> what are you doing? Like that's, that's like Rocky Four. I don't Rocky know. Four. 
fucking he's fighting Dolph Lundgren and he's like, you know what? I'm going to just like lift fucking logs and march in snow and yeah. Best shape of his life. The yeah. Or, you know, just go to a meat locker and beat the shit out of some hanging <laughs> pigs in the, in the frozen meat yeah. locker. Cows. Yeah. Just beat the shit out of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's, did they have a right to film there? I like picturing some <laughs> grocery store clerk being like, Hey, the hell are you doing? And they're like, oh, we got the shot. Yeah. Just go, 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 go. <laughs> yeah, if you let the take run a little bit, <laughs> a little bit more, you'll see them like, hey, run, 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 run. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? You can't just punch my. That's my. That's my Chuck for today. Dude, I mean that's uh, that's how we. I mean, if we wanted to shoot any, like I was shooting a yeah. sketch uh, uh, over the weekend, and we're like we're just standing on Prospect Park. And it's like everybody who is there is gonna be in the background. It's like, what Sorry. are you gonna do? I, I can't afford to shut down this whole fucking. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna shut down the park for my sketch. <laughs> Let me go through the city ordinances, pay yeah. the two thousand dollars an hour. It's probably more than that. It costs. Yeah. Uh, that's a fuck. That's a funny idea to think about <laughs> a sketch with a budget of three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The sketch well, looks like it had that budget, though. This, this sketch is going to be so. It's more of like yeah. a short film than a sketch. It's going to be so awesome. So, oh dear nation, I'll let you know when that's available. There we go. Hype it, Rig. I know we're already doing plugs. We might as well just call it a day then. Oh yeah. wow! All right, get, get, get out. the hour mark. We can. Yeah. Um, go on my YouTube, Nick Whitmer, or YouTube.com/slash Nick Whitmer. Subscribe to that shit. Watch my cooking videos. I am editing one. Hopefully today finishing it and putting it up. So it's a new episode. By the time this releases, it might be up. So go check it out. That's a good one, Brett. Christian. Yeah, you know, Chris, you go ahead, buddy. All right, yeah. all right, all right, all right. Christian Duran Comedy.com for all your Christian Duran needs. Uh Christian Duran SVP on Instagram. C Duran Duran on Twitter. A new feature Hall of Famers is coming very soon. Ooh. So follow me on yeah. Duran SVP. Ooh. Uh so you know when it's uh it's coming. Should be in the next day or oh, two. Oh yeah. I like that. I like I to hear that. Surprise. Finally, you can follow me at Brett Rabel on Instagram and go subscribe to my YouTube folks. The special has gotten um, to over t- like 25,000 views, which I think is a testament to exclusively the quality of it because <laughs> I have no institutional support. So go watch it if you haven't. And most importantly, have a Merry Christmas. And at this podcast, we say Merry Christmas. We do. <clears throat> uh, I, I do want to say next week we'll probably be off, most likely. So there'll be a best of 2020, which should be pretty interesting to listen to. I actually went back a little bit and, like, we do have some, there's some great episodes this year. We did this some really great stuff. This is so good, guys. I don't know why it's not <laughs> huge. This none of us are. So it's COVID, man. It's COVID, right. dude. Fuck this. No, it is. It's, it's none of us are huge. Once one of us blows up, this podcast is going to be something. All right. Well, you heard it here. You heard it here. All right, kids. See ya. Peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love.